Well, if, if you have a Bible near you, um, would you please open it first to, to page 977? Actually, I'm sorry, I'll tell you what. Change that. First to 959. I'll explain what we're doing in just a second. I ended up this week doing something a little bit different as I was pr- praying and preparing for the, the sermon today. And so I wanted to look for a moment. We are going to look at Ephesians 4 in, in a couple of minutes. wanted to look at Ephesians, one, uh, I'm so sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 on page 959. Is that clear as mud? Wow, it's been quite a morning. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12. 959, I want to start with verse 12, if you've got it in front of you. This is talking about spiritual gifts from the Apostle Paul. Many of you know these well. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, the many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For, one bo- for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member... Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, um, for the sun, for the clouds opening up this morning, and for us being able to enjoy more of you together and looking at your word together. We pray that you would please now come by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would be our guide and our teacher. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, just real quick, I've got a new microphone on today. Uh, can y'all in the back hear me? Okay, thank you. We've had a bit of a technology debacle in the last couple of weeks, and it's good um, to be able to not have to adjust this while we speak. Well, as we get going this morning, uh, a couple of years ago, I heard a recording of a, a pastor that was addressing some of the leaders at the church where he served, and he said he said something about the nature of preaching that I think probably would have surprised those leaders as they were listening to him, especially as it was coming out of the mouth of someone who preaches regularly. And that was this seemingly kind of wide and sweeping claim that ultimately preaching is insufficient for them. Preaching, he was saying, just wasn't enough for them. Now, before you start wondering um, what this man was like or, or what issues he might have had with his own calling or his understanding of preaching, you should know that this, this was a guy that was really, really well respected by the leaders as his, at his church of being a gifted preacher. And, and he probably could not be described as having any higher view of preaching. And at the same time, the claim that he was trying to make to these leaders in his church that were um, playing a significant role was that ultimately, in the end, preaching was insufficient for them and for the other, per- other people in this church family when it came to their spiritual growth. And equally, my hope this morning is that as that 
after the next several minutes as we look at the scriptures together, you also are going to be convinced that as important as preaching is, preaching is not enough for us. Some of you are asking, what in the world is the preacher talking about when he says that this morning? What I want to do is I want to take a couple minutes this morning. I want to explore that claim in two parts. Okay, so first, we're going to ask, how could this be the case? Okay, how, what, what does it mean to say that preaching is insufficient for us or not enough for us? And then what I want to do is I want to take just a couple minutes towards the end, and I want to ask, if that's the case from what the Scriptures seem to be saying, then how, how might that reality shape our life together here, and particularly this coming year that we have ahead of us at St. Peter's in 2020? So, first, how is it that preaching could be said to be insufficient for us this morning? I want to say when I was first preparing this, I thought I might take a little bit of time at the beginning and, and try to just be reminded together how, how high a view the New Testament particularly has of preaching. And I was going to have us look at 2 Timothy um, 4, the end of 2 Timothy 3 and 2 Timothy 4, 2, and, and, and the Apostle Paul telling Timothy, preach the word. There's no question when you look at the New Testament, preaching has a very important role in the life of any community like this. And at the same time, here's the weird thing. When you read the New Testament and you look at, at different places, some of the scriptures that we're going to look at in just a couple moments, it seems to be implying that preaching, while essential to community like this, isn't fully for sufficient for, for creating the environment in which God is able to do everything that he's designed us to be able to do as a church family. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take just a moment and we're going to look at, at three different ways in which the Bible talks about how followers of Jesus, how Christians are supposed to relate to each other in community and, and then see if, if those are true. What's the conclusion that we should be drawing about the nature of this thing that takes place every Sunday from um, this lectern or this pulpit? By the way, I should just add, I'm, I'm taking all three of these from what this uh, gentleman said to his leaders. Just want to be transparent about that. So, reason number one, the, the, the first reason that we know that preaching, preaching is insufficient for us, or it's not enough for us, is, this, is because pastors aren't the only ones that are supposed to be doing ministry in the church. Okay, that's, and that's why I was going to ask us to look at Ephesians 4.11. I think that was 9.59. If you have a Bible in front of you, would you open it up real quick? Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. Some of you remember in the fall we did a series um, on the church, one church, one family. And I believe it's the weekend I was away, Deacon Fred was leading us in looking at Ephesians 4 and thinking about what does it mean for be a, us to be a family together. And, and that brought us to this place. Notice, notice as we look at this why it says, why Paul says that God gave these leaders in the church. For what purpose did he give them? And it says, and he, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. 
Now, if you look at that closely, think about this. What it seems to be saying is that the work of ministry, which is practically being equated with the body of the building up of the body, this is something that's being done by all the saints. And remember, the saints aren't just like really holy people that we admire and wish we could be like. Like this is talking about all people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ and are following him. This is Christians. And he's saying, again, Paul, that the purpose of these leaders is, is not so that they would do the work of ministry in the church, but it's for the, the equipping that these individuals, that the, that the body would be able to be doing the work of ministry in the church. And the inference here, obviously, is when it comes to the, to the ministry of any church, let's say, for example, right now that we're just talking about St. Peter's. The ministry of St. Peter's is not just preaching. So there's a ministry taking place within our life together that is outside the scope of preaching and is ultimately a work that's to be being done by everyone or everyone working in conjunction with each other. So that's, that's the first way that we might get a sense that, that preaching isn't sufficient for us, is that preaching isn't enough for us because the ministry of any church is something that the whole church should be doing together and we know is beyond the scope of, of just teaching from a place like this. Okay. Now, the next two observations, we are going to turn to that passage in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you have that in front of you, I think that was around 977. I don't have that in front of me. But 1 Corinthians 12. Again, this is a well-known passage looking at uh, a body of, of Christians and, and thinking about what does it mean for, it, for them to live in community together, particularly in regards to spiritual gifts and notice this important observation that connects to, to this, again, claim that preaching is not enough. Observation number two, the Holy Spirit works through every individual in this thing that is the body. The Holy Spirit works through every individual. This is coming from verse 7 in chapter 12 in front of you. I'm just going to read it real quick. Paul says to each, each member, each part of the body is given the manifest manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So if you're here this morning, hey, if you've, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning, if you call St. Peter's your home and you're seeking to follow Jesus in this context, one of the things that's important is God has given you some sort of a manifestation of the Spirit, some sort of a gift that his intent of what you're, what you're to do with that gift is for us. Okay, he's, he's given it for you, for everybody else. And what's, what this means is that nobody can look at, at someone and say, you know what, you're not a preacher, and so there's no need for you here. Okay, we, we need all sorts of, and a, and a diversity of gifts. We're going to think more about that in a second. Not everybody's supposed to preach, and, and preaching obviously is not the only gift that we need in our community. And so that's number two. Preaching cannot be sufficient for us as the community or the people of God because we know that God has given a gift to everyone that is a part of this community. That leads us to observation number three. We're still in 1 Corinthians 12 for this. Because everybody has a gift, everybody has a role. And everyone in the church is necessary in order for any church family like ours to be that which God is calling this community to be. So we tend to forget this. We tend to get this, especially um, 
in an age or in a time in, in 2020 when we, we're so, um, in some ways, consumed by celebrity and we, we have... <laughs> We, have, um, we are dominated by personalities and media, but particularly when we think about the church, so often there are times when people think about a church as being related primarily to the gifts of the lead pastor. Well, one of the things that this is reminding us is, is that that's, no church can be, be what it's supposed to be just with a pastor. You know, or, or if, it's, um, if they're with other leaders, the pastor or the other the other clergy or, or the vestry or the, the, the gifts of, the, of all the staff, okay? No church can be what it's supposed to be without every member's participation. And if, if we're going to be what God's calling us to be as a community, if, if you're going to be the person in someone else's life that God's wanting to use you here, and if other people are going to be in your life the people that God's wanting to use then we have all got to be involved. We've all got to be playing a role. And so we're going to look at just three verses for this that remind us of this. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22. And here Paul is again talking about um, different people, different gifts, and playing different roles and how these relate. He says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You ever felt dispensable? <laughs> you ever felt like you don't have anything to give? regularly know what that feels like, okay? What Paul's saying is nobody can look at somebody else and say, you're not part of the team. We don't need you. Or verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the hand of the feet, I have no need of you. In other words, not only are the, the, the gifts that God gives to different people different, they're all necessary. Okay, they're all necessary. And if we want to apply this to the role of preaching, nobody can look again at preachers and say, well, because, of, because I don't do that, I don't have an important role in this community. That can't be the case. That's not true. And, and nobody that preaches can look at somebody else that's not and saying that your, your role here is insignificant. Your role here is not essential to what we're doing as a church family. What, what, what Paul's saying here is that every local expression of the church is going to have a diversity of gifts that compose it. And that is that God is giving us a breadth of his gifts in order... Uh, he, I'm sorry, I should step back. He is giving us a diversity of gifts, and this is not by accident. And this is not like a... Um, this is not like a everyone deserves a trophy kind of idea, that everyone has a gift, okay? Or that everyone, everyone's a meaningful part of the team. Like, this is the architecture that God has designed in the local church. Everyone plays a role. There is a beauty in diversity. Now, here's just an example. We know that that's the case. We know that there's, there is a breadth and there's a depth that a diversity of, of gifts brings that, that just one gift can't. Here's an, here's an example of how we know this. Um, let's think about it musically for a second. How many of you have watched younger children train on a musical instrument? Okay, imagine a, a teacher sitting with a group of maybe eight or nine, nine-year-olds that are learning to play cello. And you're listening to them. And they're now on their 150th uh, version of Hot Cross Buns or Ferro Jaca or whatever they're playing in order to learn it. And they sound nice. Okay, now imagine the difference between that when you take one of those children and you put them in, for the first time in the closest thing that they've experienced yet to being in an orchestra. 
and they start to play. They might even start playing hot cross buns together. But when they play that, how does it sound compared to before? It sounds different, doesn't it? It sounds fuller. It sounds deeper. Why is that? Because there is a beauty and there is a depth to the breadth. And that's how God's designed the church. So, so for example, if you were ever to show up to a church and you were to find out that everyone's got the gift of preaching, you need to run. You need to run, not walk. Why? First, you'd probably be miserable. That might not be the place you want to worship regularly, but also because that, there's no way that community can be the community that God's calling it to be because no group of people is that naturally that, un, uh, that uniform. God's created us differently in order that we might offer various gifts he's equipped us, what, equipped us with to be a part of the group that he's called us to. And so again, what have we seen so far as we've, as we've looked at this in Ephesians 4, as we've um, thought about these in 1 Corinthians 12? At least three ways that we know preaching is not enough for any community. One, because the work of ministry is not just to be done by the preachers. It's to be done by the whole community. Okay, two, the, the God has given every individual member a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then finally, no one's dispensable. Everyone's needed. Now, th- those are three reasons why from the Scriptures it seems pretty clear that preaching isn't enough or this thing that's taking place on a Sunday morning is not enough for you. What I want to do is just very quickly name three reasons why it seems like we, we know this experientially in our own walk with Christ. What, what I want to do is I want to think about the challenges that come to receiving instruction in the context that most of us hear preaching, and that is the reality that most of us hear preaching in, in a larger group like this. And this may not be a church of 3,000 people, but this is more than 15. I mean, most of us are hearing preachers speak in a, a room of people, and there are challenges that come, to, come alongside with that. Let's, let's just look at two or three of those. So challenge number one, listening to and applying Scripture to your life is just harder in the context of a bigger crowd, isn't it? Right now, this is important. I'm not talking about big church versus small church. I'm talking about preaching, Sunday worship versus other contexts, okay? It is a lot harder to listen to Scripture and to apply it when you're in a larger context. In a room like this, there are all kinds of things that you could be distracted by now. There's a large stage behind me, okay? The, the person by you um, uh, could be coughing, okay? Or maybe they're on their phone right now. Or, or maybe there's just, there's something in the room that is getting your attention. And when that's going on, it's hard to think critically, to not think passively. It's really hard to figure out, how do I apply what we're hearing to my life? It's one thing to be in a context like that. It's an entirely different thing to be sitting in someone's living room with eight or ten people and looking at a passage of the Bible together and someone asking, so what do you think about this? What, what do you sense as you read this? What do you understand this to be saying? That's one thing. That the larger the group, the harder it can be for us to really digest Scripture together. Number two, the larger the group, the harder it is for us to do the thing that every one of us absolutely needs, and that is for us to be vulnerable with each other. We all know that to be true. This, the vulnerability that is or is not present in this room on Sunday morning is palpably different from the vulnerability that you experience in a smaller group. I share with you 
experience I had talking to someone. I was sitting with one of you months ago, and I had to laugh when you were um, there. This person was just reflecting on his desire for a greater sense of community and more opportunities to meaningfully connect with men in our church. And he was, he was saying that as great as the monthly, the monthly potlucks that we have are, he's saying, you know, we, we, we just need additional times where we can talk maybe about more sensitive things. And here's the example he gave, or I'm, I'm slightly altering it, but, but what he said was, he said, look, um, I'm not going to come up to you at the monthly potluck and say, hey, man, can I tell you about my struggle with pornography? <laughs> By the way, can you keep the buffet line going? Like, that's not going to happen. And why is that? Because we all know that there are certain places that are more safe and that are more appropriate to share things like this. And, and his point was well taken. All of us have to have venues or contexts where we can share about the things that if we're not in a smaller group or if, if, if we're not one-on-one, it's pretty likely we're not going to talk about it. That's number two. Number three, and finally, this is somewhat of a corollary of the last one. The larger a group, the less likely it is for us to share our, our prayer needs. Okay, Everybody needs people to pray for them. No one in this room is exempt from that. Everybody's got stuff going on in their life where they could use prayer. And the challenge is, in a room of this size, isn't it true that either, either because, on one hand, our natural wiring, maybe we're a little bit more introverted, or, or maybe we were raised in a culture where um, you just don't talk about yourself. You don't talk about things going on in your own lives. A lot of us, if we have something we need prayer for, we might not pull aside someone during the service okay, and, and say it afterwards. Hey, could you pray for this? We might. We might, for example, and I hope you take advantage of this. We might take advantage of the prayer teams after communion in the, in the front left here and in the, in the back right. But we might not. We, again, might pull someone aside and say, hey, this is going on. Um, would you please pray for this? I hope that we're increasingly becoming a culture where that's going on. But it's not easy. And, and the reality is, again, there's a big difference between being here and asking someone to pray or sitting around a table or sitting in a room with a group of people that are talking about how you can pray for them or how, how they could be praying for you. The larger the group, the harder it is to share about the prayer needs that we have. And so that's, that's just three reasons. We could talk about a lot more experientially why just being one of a hundred or even a thousand creates a very, a more difficult, I should say, uh, environment where um, just teaching from, from a place like this simply isn't enough for us. And so what I want to do is, is if these things are the case, which I think it's pretty clear, I think the, I think the New Testament's pretty clear about this, that, that all of us need to be in an environment where, where we can have these kind of things going on. What, is, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the year ahead? And, and now what I want to do is I want to pivot, and I want to I just talk to you as a family for a second. Okay, I want to talk to you as, we have an amazing team here, I want to I talk to you as the one that has that assumes the chief responsibility for thinking how, uh, how to shepherd this community here. And I want you to know, if you're new today and if you're visiting for the first time, um, this is an amazing community. But right now, I'm speaking specifically to those of us who worship with us regularly or, or really are members. 
Most of you know that uh, I've been here for about 13 months, so I've been here for just over a year. And, and I want to tell you about things that I've noticed, and I want to tell you about things that are going to be going, going on in the year ahead and things that you can be praying about in the year ahead. So first thing I've noticed, there is no question that this community is a welcoming, a loving, a prayerful, and a Bible-loving community. I don't think anyone that's been here beyond a Sunday would dispute that. Okay, so, so people care for one another. They, they sacrifice for one another. They pray like crazy for one another here. I should say we. Um, there's a deep appreciation for the scriptures and the, the trustworthiness of the scriptures, the need for the scriptures in our life. Those things were a part of the DNA before I ever got here. And it was knowing that those things were a part of the, the DNA of this church and the reputation of St. Peter's. That was one of the things that really drew me to this church. But as much as those things are true, what I want to do now is I want to tell you about two things that I've observed since getting here that have stood out. Two, two traits, I think, of our church family that I'd like us to consider. And, and those are, are this. One, our community is somewhat segmented. It's somewhat segmented. I'm going to speak more what I mean by that in just a second. Some of you are wondering, what, what's he talking about? And secondly, just speaking honestly... Our participation level in some of the main things that we have going on, it just could be better. It, it's probably not what someone would expect um, when they, they come to our church for the first time. So let me explain by what I mean by, by each of these. First, when I say segmented, what I don't mean to say is that we're cliquish, okay, or that we're exclusive. You should know if you're visiting with us, I don't think that we're those things. What I mean by that is we have, as, as a for this region, a, a relatively smaller church, we're not 5,000 people, we have a lot of different things going on and a lot of different groups that you can be a part of. We've got women's groups studying the scriptures, women's Bible studies. We've got a women's prayer group, a men's prayer group. Um, we've got a men's reading group. We've got two small groups going on. We've got a lot of things going on. And some, some of them, I said basically all of them, are going really well. And for some of you, that's where you're experiencing the kind of community that we've been talking about earlier. That's the venue that you've been experiencing these things, where you've been sharing your prayer requests. People have been encouraging you. They've been sharing about their own wisdom from life or, or knowledge of the scriptures. They've been praying with you and for you. If you've been experiencing that, that's awesome. Because, again, that's exactly what we've been talking about. But here's what we have to keep in mind. If that's the approach to community that we're going to take, and every church has their own journey, but if that's the approach that we take, and we can think more about it if that's the one that we want, we have to make sure that we have a group that is accessible for all kinds of people of all life stages. Let me just give you one example. Um, one young woman came in months ago, and it seemed really enjoyed visiting, and said, hey, I'm so thankful for being able to visit um, I'm a young professional, and I'm really just trying to find out, are there any opportunities? I saw your Bible studies. They sound great. Take place Wednesday morning. Are there any opportunities for me? Um, I'm at work during the day. And at that time, I had to say, you know, honestly, right now, there's not. Now, we know there's a need for that. That's something that we're thinking about. Um, I'd love to find other ways to connect with you, but right now, please know that that's something that we're thinking about. Or another situation. We've got new people coming alongside us. Do you know that? This is awesome. We've got around 15 to 20 people next week that are going to stand up here and that we're going to give thanks for joining our church. Praise God. 
But if you're new, do you know what these people, do you know what you, because you're sitting here, you know what they ask me when they come to us for the first time? They all want to know, which is good, how do I get involved? Where can I get plugged in? How do I get to know other people? I mean, essentially, how can I know and be known? Now, on one hand, the small groups that we have, two small groups that are meeting, they've done an amazing job of welcoming these people. Okay, I've heard great things about that. At the same time, um, we can't count on those two small groups welcoming all of our newcomers for the years to come. Because you can't get but so many people in a living room. Okay, we, we've got to think about what we're going to be doing, having um, opportunities for those who are new. Now, those are just two examples but again, we, we have somewhat of a segmented community, and if, if that's what we're going to do, we've got to make sure that there is a way that we have provided opportunity for everyone that's currently with us and everyone that the Lord is bringing and that we pray he would bring. And not just that, we have to be together. We have to be together as a church family. That's why, for example, I hope you can join us on Wednesday at our second St. Peter's Supper. Where we come together, we have dinner together, and we pray together. One of our hopes is that you might meet someone that you've never met for the first time. You might even pray with someone that you haven't met for the first time as we hear about the needs of this church. So that's, that's one thing that I've noticed we're going to be thinking more about. Second thing, I'm going to try to move more quickly now as I start to close. Generally speaking, when it comes to the overall size of our church family and, and the variety of these things that we have available for us, our participation in these groups could be even better. And I want to qualify this because this is really important. That is not to say, this is not a statement of judgment because this is not a judgmental community. This is a statement of love. What, what I'm trying to say is unlike some, there are other churches and some of us have been a part of them. You show up and it's obvious, hey, the way we do life here is this. We have small groups or we have community groups or, or we all are at the Sunday school hour at 9 a.m. I wouldn't say that's us. In fact, the 9 a.m., I think the offerings are great. Participation's pretty low. Now, it doesn't mean it's not meaningful. I hear, again, great things about those who are going. But it's, it's not like one of these other churches where we have a culture of all of us being formed in a, in a similar way. There could be a lot of different reasons for that. I'm not naive of that, and I'm not going to lump all these things together. But what I am saying is that there, there are at least a couple things that we've got to be thinking about as to why we, we experience what we do. Either these things aren't compelling enough, friends, they're not at a time that's accessible to people, or in some ways we, we don't have a sense of to what degree we really need something like this if we're just going to make it in our walk with the Lord outside of a Sunday morning. Now, I, I get it. I, I should add, I realize, depending on your season of life, some of you are in and out of town um, because you're retired and you have more free time. Others of you, you're just trying to see your family because you're working night and day. I get that. But what I will say is, I know few people that I've heard say, hey, I've really been flourishing in my walk with God, who in some way at that moment are meaningfully connected to other people. I know very few people that said, look, I'm, I'm really lonely right now, um, but wow, God's doing amazing things in my life. No, normally, people have shared with me, God's using the people in my life. And, and I'm not saying it has, everyone has to have people here that that's the case. Some of us are meaningfully connected to other Bible studies, other um, non-church-affiliated groups of Christians. I, I understand that. But no, this is something that we've got to be thinking about. And so, with that being said, I want you to know, I, I 
I'm going to be talking with the other leaders we have, with our clergy, with our vestry, um, uh, with our staff, other lay leaders. We're going to be thinking this year about what would it look like to put in the structure, into place the structures we know that are necessary to provide this sort of environment where everyone can be living out this sort of life, be contributing to the lives of other people, and being receiving the being served by being in community with the other people and the ways that God's called us to. And so I want to close with just two prayer requests as we think about that. Prayer request number one, um, we need your prayers for that. So pray for us. I'm so humbled by the people that pray for me. Some people come to me and say, Brian, I pray for you every day. Thank you. I need that. Um, Leading a church, not just for myself, but as leaders, it's hard. Any of these could tell you, it's hard. So pray that the Lord would give us wisdom. Pray the Lord would give all of our leaders wisdom as we think about these things. Secondly, if, if, if you're in a, a, season of life right, a season of life right now where you are with us maybe only on a Sunday, how is that going? How is that going? And, and is there any way, are there any opportunities that we have that, that God might want, be wanting you to press into that he might be wanting to show you more of himself, particularly by being in more community with other people. Again, that's not set out of a, a heart of judgment in any way. That's, that's out of a heart of encouragement because all of us, friends, need it. Every one of us. And as, as, as if we at St. Peter's are going to be the people that I believe God is increasingly calling us to be, and if we're going to be obedient, the disciples that God's calling us to be, if we're going to be obedient to what the New Testament is saying, about being a church family, we're going to have to be thinking about these things this year. Can we pray? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you made us for one another, Lord, and that we, we follow you together, that we are stronger together. Lord, I pray that this year you would be giving us wisdom and then showing us the right steps to be taking that we would um, all be living out and serving in ways that you've called us to, Lord, that we would be doing the work of ministry together, that others would see this church family, that they would give you glory, Lord, that others would be coming to faith in you for the first time because of what you're doing among us. We ask you to lead us, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.